Blog Talk Radio. Radio's A Date with Destiny for Monday, October the 14th. I'm your host, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, as I will be doing every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds, LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny and making it happen God's Way Incorporated. Once again, we have another very special show uh, for you this evening, and I am pleased to have co-hosting with me Miss Teresa Hamilton, who is the CEO and founder of Making It Happen by Stay Incorporated, transforming your dreams into reality. Hello, Teresa Hamilton. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? <laughs> Girl, I'm good. I'm good. I'm super excited about our show this evening. Um, As you know and our listening audience knows, sharing with us this evening is world-renowned saxophonist Mr. Walter Beasley, and he will be joining us in just a few short minutes. So for those of you tuning in via the computer, please click on the follow button on the left-hand side of the title so that you can receive future updates on on broadcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at LYSE101, that's Lease. L-Y-S-E-101. We are also now available as a podcast, and it's free. So just go to your iTunes store, click on Podcast, and type in A Date with Destiny. You can send me a message through this site if you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business. You can send a message through my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash A Date with Destiny 101, or you can leave a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net. So, once again, Ms. Teresa Hamilton, how are you this evening? Well, I'm doing quite well, especially since the sun is peering through. Um, well, it peered through today, unlike the rest of the week. It's been just gloomy, and with the government shutdown in the area, it just hasn't been the best yeah. place to be. But given yeah, that you it know, such a gorgeous day, I feel wonderful. Yeah, it was because I think like one day last week, um, I, I almost thought that my house was just gonna, you know, pick itself up and start drifting down the street. It was so much rain, um, but the yes. earth was thirsty. Yes. We needed it, so I, you know, we're yes. grateful, we're thankful for that. Yes, um, but you know what? This is the moment that I have, and I know my listening audience and Teresa, I know you have as well, been waiting for yes. um, our our guest, Mr. Walter Beasley, who is hanging on. 
And before I bring him in, I just want to play a little bit of something that I've been listening to ever since they sent it to me. I mean, this song, now, you know, he's he's bad. He's bad. But this right here, woo, girl. Let me play a little bit of uh, of, of this uh, Mr. Magic. He put a special spin. He put a go-go spin on Mr. Magic, and I just want to share that with you. So hang on. Sit tight. We're going to listen to this a little bit. Walter Beasley's musical journey began in the early 1970s in his hometown of El Centro, California. When his aunt gave him his first Grover Washington Jr. record at the age of nine, it opened Walter's young ears and mind to the limitless possibilities of the sax. Since 1998, Walter has been one of the ten highest selling saxman in the world while continuing his highly influential work as a full professor of full-time professor of music at his alma mater the berkeley school of music where he began teaching in the mid 80s and in 2007 walter also the highest selling full-time teacher ever celebrated his 20th year as a best-selling artist in the grand style to which he's accustomed adding to his extraordinary total of over 800,000 units sold. One of the top five best-selling African-American saxophonists in the world. Since the late 90s, Walter, while establishing himself as a regular presence on the Billboard Contemporary Jazz Chart, has performed over the years with contemporary jazz and R&B icons such as Brian McKnight, Gerald Albright, Ronnie Laws, Kirk Whalum, Bob James, Norman Brown, George Howard, Art Porter, Stephanie Mills, Vanessa Williams, and Rochelle Farrell. He has also opened concerts for traditional jazz legends such as Art Blakely and Dexter Gordon. His second Heads Up release, Ready for Love, peaked at number two on the Billboard Contemporary Jazz Chart and reached number one on SmoothJazz.com. His 2005 label debut for her reached the top five. Woo! That is saying something right there. Yes. <laughs> so without further ado, we, are, we would now like to welcome to our show the sax man himself, Mr. Walter Beasley. Hello, Walter. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh my goodness, I'm doing fine. And and uh I just first before I get into the music part, I just want to take this time just to thank you for coming on and sharing with us on a date with Destiny. What an honor. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I am loving this version of Mr. Magic Go Go Style <laughs> from the latest yeah. from your latest live album, Walter Beasley Live in the Club. And you know, since we're in this corridor, Baltimore and Washington, we grew up 
listening to go-go music. That's where go-go oh, originated. Yeah. In so yeah. we really appreciate <laughs> this song. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Actually, uh, two of my band members are from the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, I had never, I had heard it before kind of like that, but I had never really heard it before. So David Dyson, who's my bassist, uh, um, and, and Biscuit, they're like, well, why, don't we, why don't we do it the way we do it? And I said, what's that? Yeah. And they just went, Gada, Gada, and they went into the, the go-go version. I thought, oh, my God. So I, I really failed the first three or four times that I played it with the group because, you know, go, I mean, unless you play go-go consistently yeah. um, and, and you're from that area, it is a very unique way of playing. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of cats they play they play through it. They play a lot of the stuff on top of it. They play a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. and, and that's what I did for a minute, and then I just settled into it, and I just like hey, and I let it take care of me, and uh, mm-hmm. you know the rest is history. I think we did a pretty good job of it, and it's being well received all over the country. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just going to turn this up a little bit right here because this is when you were feeling it, Walter. Let me let me put let me play this for for the audience. <laughs> something else and go go you just have to you can't leave us just with that one man look i'm gonna tell you something go go you know you gotta be in shape to play some go go i mean that's <laughs> boy like, we, have, we only do one song and that's the last song of the night because i'm done after that i'm like i know that's right i know that's right and i know your audience appreciated it Yep, yep, especially when we do D.C., it's just, you know, it's just crazy. Um, it was funny, but it's kind of interesting because when we did Baltimore, it, you know, I don't know how to say this, uh, but Baltimore right. is very different from D.C. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is. I mean, I, I still can't understand. That's the weirdest thing. I mean, I play down there every six months. And uh-huh. I played Baltimore last month, I believe. And um, you know, and it, it was you know, it was it was nice. I mean, they liked it. But when you go an hour down to DC, they love it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like two different two different kinds. Of I mean, still, I love Baltimore. Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't yeah. say goodbye was yeah. really really popular in both areas and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I love my people, but you know, it's just kind of interesting that the sensibilities and the the you know, it's just different from like one hour you know one hour removed. I just I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was like that for us, too, um, back in the day, you know, way back in the day when we were partying. Right. A lot of times, you know, we went to, into D.C. to party, and especially to right. go-go, because, I mean, that's the, that's the home of uh, the late Chuck Brown, the godfather. That's right. So, that's right. you know, you're absolutely correct on that. But, Walt, I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, <laughs> you've got to do another one. You, you can't leave us hanging like that. <laughs> that I'm is to, just, I'm to lose some huh? weight and start working out. I'm about to start losing yeah. some weight and working out. Don't <laughs> go put a hurting on you, boy. Yes, it will. Now, can you imagine how uh, Chuck Brown felt? And he did it. He did a. He did that all night long. That's all he did was go go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I had total. I, I'm from California, and the first time uh-huh. we really got hit to go go was Chuck Brown. Uh, I think okay. it was busting, busting loose. So we, you know, we okay. never. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but we. I mean, we never even heard of it. I mean, that's why I tell my students to teach a teach a Berkeley College music and on Skype, and I teach mm-hmm. and I, I tell them, I said, look, you know, if you really want to study something very interesting, study the music of Washington D.C. in that area. There's a style yeah. of music that is endemic to that area that people can yeah. make a very good living in right there. They don't have to move. Mm-hmm. Right. Made, Chuck That's Brown made a great living starting from D.C., you know, spread out to North Carolina and all I mean, but right. that brother, man, that brother was, he taught yes, me a lot about business, taught me a lot about yeah. staying true to who you are and, and true to your fan base. And that's what I learned from Gogo and Chuck Brown and Rare Essence and the rest. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's awesome. And you know, I wanna um, let's start off by talking about because you know, on a date with destiny, um, our goal and our mission is to enlighten, inspire, motivate, and empower people to live in right. their highest context of love, peace, and joy, and all that stuff. And what I would like for you to do, because I said, okay, you know, how am I going to conduct this interview? What do I want to bring out? What what do you have to share? And I know that oh, you have a lot to share, but with we have a lot of young uh, people who listen to this show, and a lot of people, you know, uh, young people are just graduating out of college, and you know, right. they're just starting out into this world. And well, I want to take you back to the beginning, um, when you know, in the beginning of my uh, my interview. I mean, not my interview, but my statements about you. You started at the age of nine, I believe. And so I believe that's the age where, you know, you're in, um, I don't know if you're still in elementary school at that time, because I know for here, my son started in the fifth grade. That's when they started introducing instruments to young people. So for you, it was your aunt. So how did you know, like the saxophone was your instrument, how did you know that you know that you know that this is what you wanted to do? Actually, I didn't. Um, actually, the two 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 things. One is that the first time I heard Grover was through my brother in in music, Derek Cannon. I have a, I had a mentor who was like the hero of you know my area because he was like the best trumpet uh, player in the area. He had come off the road with mm-hmm. uh, uh, with Count Basie to teach. Mm-hmm. So I had okay. a high regard for teaching, you know, and teachers. Uh, my parents were teachers um, uh, okay. coming up, so. After he let me hear the record, I mean, everybody wants to be athletes. So I was no, you know, right. I was no different than anybody else. So when I heard mm-hmm. Grover, I was like, wow, you know, this is incredible. And I was playing sax. I wanted to play trumpet at the time, but I couldn't. And Mr. Cannon, who was his father, put me on saxophone. But mm-hmm. I wanted to still, you know, play sports like everybody else. Um, but mm-hmm. when I was given the record by my aunt, I think it was, yeah, Soul, it was Soulbox. And, um, okay. and, I, heard, and I heard his entire work. 
I was like, wow. It was almost like you could hear the, the words coming out of the saxophone when he did You Are the Sunshine of My Life and mm-hmm. other things. And I was like, you know, this is some, this is totally beautiful. This is great. And when I would mm-hmm. go to Virginia, my uncle had breakfast with a big, big dance from the 20s and the 30s and all that kind of stuff. So I was exposed to a lot of music, but I still wanted to play sports. But I was a mediocre mm-hmm. athlete. So my mm-hmm. thing, my motivation was very, very simple. I was looking around as I entered puberty and I said, where are the girls? And they, were with, <laughs> they were with the athletes or they were with the musicians. And I was like, no right. I really don't uh-huh. like the way you, know, you got to hit somebody and my knees were all messed up anyway and I wasn't really that good athlete. I said, well, let me be a musician. And that's the way okay. I started. And, I want, and then I fell in love with music. Once you, you know, once you do something for the right motivation, then it takes on a life of its own. You know? And uh, right. when I fell in love with music, you know, that, that was it. Um, women, you know, and you still, fell in love with the sexiest instrument. That's you know, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's very true. But I, I got lucky. I got really lucky. You got and, lucky. Um, you know, uh huh. And I, and and um, to 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 your point, I think that um, I think it kind of depends on really what you want in your life. For me, right. Um, in El Centro in California, there were only two ways out of the area where you know I was from, and that was either sports. Or music. I mean, the academic thing wasn't really pushed too hard on on black youth at that time. So, you know, I had a choice. And I knew that, you know, this was coming easy to me. And, you know, kind of like, you know, it was an eight. And then I was like, you know, I need to really think about this. And even the teachers kind of say, you know, this guy's got something special. Even though he can't spell, you know, want to, you know, touch up that grade a little bit to get him on out of here. (laughs) So, you know, um, That was that was the way uh, that was the way I got out. That's where I fell in love with music, and 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 uh, you know, and, and I and I worked. You know, people yeah. think that, and and I, and I hate to say it like this. And I hope I don't. I'm not offense. I, I don't offend anyone, but you know, when you love something, there's a responsibility for it. Yeah. You have to accept the responsibility of being the best at what you do, um, and that comes with a hell of a lot of sacrifice. And, right. And and and, and I think that we've lost the ability to sacrifice and be dedicated to something that is a calling, you know, um, yeah, as, as, yeah. as children. And we don't, we don't, I don't think, and I don't, I don't mean everybody, but I think we don't yeah. pass that on to our kids enough. I mean, I, they, I teach at a college, and, and the one thing that I've seen is that, you know, if they can't push a button or jump up and find it real quick, then they ain't got time for it. Right. And that, right. and yes, therein sir. lies the reason why the music does Sounds like the way it does. The music is very, very quick, very fast. There's not really yeah. you know, no deepness or no depth to it, and it's just one and done. You know, basically, oh, well, yeah, you had to hit now next, now next. That's not the way I came up. I came up. You're dedicated right. to the music. You kept dedicated to each note, each phrase, each relationship, just like a woman. You know, I mean, just you know, yeah. that's the way you kind of you know, each conversation, each relationship, you either build it or you don't. And, um, right. you know, as a result, I think I've been very fortunate to have the kind of long career that I've had. Um, and, and, you know, I started out at, at a time when many of my contemporaries did and many of them are not here anymore or not in the game anymore. And I, and I can say that I'm blessed to be still here. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. And you know what? I, I want to ask you uh, your opinion on this, too, because, um, you know, I come from a musical family as well, and I don't know. Well, we'll talk about this that point a little bit down the road. But what I want to know is how do you feel? Do you feel that live music is coming back? Um, yeah. Uh, good. That's good because 
this stuff, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to step on anybody's toes either, and the music is just okay, but when you are used to hearing good music, I mean, live, people who've dedicated their life to studying music, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and live musicians, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, so tell me about that, because I, I mean, Walter, we, um, when you said there's a lot of people who aren't in the game, you're absolutely correct, but you still feel that live music is coming back. Yeah, I mean, yes, and I feel that, and without, you know, without getting too uh, Walter Beasley on you, I feel that a lot of oh, people. Oh, go ahead and get Walter Beasley. We we are okay. Right. You, now you sure <laughs> Okay, go um, on. Do you? <laughs> all right. There are a lot of people who are what the young folks are perpetrating. You know about what okay. that, but but by that I mean you know, again we talked about having not much dedication to the to to the to the craft and. Right. Most people, well, a lot of people out in the day, they want to be stars. They don't want to be musicians. There's a difference. Right. You know, I, right. I can yes, teach a person is. how to be a successful musician, but I can't teach mm-hmm. you how to be a little pop star with a hit and then you disappear tomorrow. You know, that's that's not that right. hard to do. Um, right. But that, that said, that's why I think there's a there's a swell, a groundswell of of um, need to hear seasoned musicians who can speak to the pain. Uh, the joy, the sacrifices yeah. of life, you know, and yeah. and you know when you don't learn to do that, when you have people call themselves jazz singers or jazz players, and you don't know but five tunes, and you can't right. you can't sing a phrase like you don't know what love is unless you learn the meaning of the blues, and you don't know that song, you know, mm-hmm. then you ain't felt that, you know, then you can't deliver. Right, right, so, that's right, because you know, it does come through in your music. Yeah, so you have older people who know that. And we've been through right. that, and we can express that. So they're gonna, we're gonna get broke off, and they're gonna get paid to sing it and play it. You're not, right? <laughs> you know, right. so that's right. It's like a reinvention. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, the young folks are supposed to take over for us and really move this game forward. But because yeah. of the nature of, of uh, you know, uh, we don't want to say technology, where you just point and go and put click and go, they, right. the process has been disturbed. When the process yeah. is disturbed, you only become half of the musician you should be. And wow. if you're going to be half, and, and, and a consumer knows when they're getting half a loaf and when they're getting a full loaf. Right, right. Now, you teach. Now, when you started to, what made you want to start teaching music? I was broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that'll, <laughs> that's a good uh, reason. That's a very good reason. you got to eat. <laughs> oh, so what yeah. made you continue to want to start playing? Well, 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 let me put, let me put it this way: that that I, that led me to my highest motivation, wanting to eat. Right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you, so, and you know what? I just want to say this because we, you know, I, I don't know if you remember um, my son uh, when when I, you know, you you. Uh, allowed him to play with you at one point, and we'll talk about that. But we used to tell my my husband and I would tell my son all the time, you know, because he, you know, he's a, a pretty good sax player, musician, and we said, look, if you get out in this world and you don't do nothing else, you can p- pick up that saxophone and, and, and right. play, and right. you can eat. <laughs> if you don't That's do right. nothing else, you can That's eat. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, you uh, you have a on your album. You have a song. Is it Rhea Rhea's song or Rhea? How do you? Oh, Rhea's song. Yeah, Rhea's song. That's my one of my students does that. That's not Connor. me playing. That's my right. Uh, right, Connor. 
Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I was checking that out, and you know what? It brought, and that's why I brought this up because I just want my listening audience to know what a big heart that Walter Beasley has. He has a heart for young people, um, and this is something that we I will never ever forget as long as I live. Um, he allowed my son when my son was like seventeen, and he was at you know student of the Baltimore School for the Arts. And I had met your uh, guitar player at one of the jazz festivals, and uh, we had talked, and I had just, you know, briefly told him about my son and, you know, his um, ambition, his plan, blah, blah, blah. So a couple months later, I get a phone call from your guitarist. I don't even know if he's still with you or not. But he called me, and he says, look, you know, Walt's going to be playing at Blues Alley, and he wanted to know, you know, I told him about your son. It's just, you know, your son want to sit in. I was like, does my son want to sit in? What? So we flew, we flew to Blues Alley, and really the rest was history. I mean, Walter introduced him, and he gave the stage up. Now, who does that? You know, he, he's never even heard this. He's never even heard him play, not one note. But he gave the stage up to this young man, this young kid, 17-year-old kid, and allowed him to play, and then called him back the next night. So your heart for, for young people is so pure and sincere, um, and I know that you have a couple of, th- uh, like, uh, avenues that you teach, like you've created this um, online thing uh, where you teach students and so on and so forth. So could you just elaborate a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I have a, um, a passion for the music, and um, that passion was developed through other musicians who, were, who came before me, like my teacher, uh, my brother Derek Cannon, um, People that I played with, Bobby Gaggles, who I teach with. I mean, we we played uh, played in bands earlier on, um, but now you find that you know the clubs aren't there, and music is being cut in schools um, along mm-hmm. with athletics. So there's not a, 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 a you know a big push in certain communities to actually you know um, deal with Courage. music. So I, I, yeah, uh-huh. so I, I made a, a decision. Years ago, that wherever we go, um, whatever town we're in, if there are musicians who are there or, or there's a saxophone player who needs a little, you know, boost or needs, you know, mm. just needs some exposure and just needs some encouragement, that, that yeah, yeah, that is their stage for a while. That they can come up and they can do that because uh, um, somebody did it for me, you know. Wow. Um, and and we need to keep doing that. I think the whole, I mean, and I don't mean to to, to sound whatever, but there, you know. You know, the whole star thing is cool. I mean, you got a whole bunch of quote unquote smooth jazz stars out, you know, doing their thing right. and that kind of stuff. And and that you know, that's okay. You know, but I'm fifty two years old. I've been there, done that, I'm right. cool with that, you know, I do that when I choose to and I you know, whatever. But it's about being balanced and we have to understand as musicians yeah. that no matter how high up we go, we have to make sure that the next generation moves this music forward. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna happen with us, you know. Everybody say, "Oh, <laughs> you know." Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that. Yeah. You know, that has a season. Yeah. You know, once it's old, once yeah. once you, you know, once you move into a certain area, it's your responsibility to look back and bring somebody else up. Yes, but that is so phenomenal because you you just don't see that. No. You do yeah. not see that, <laughs> and a person of your caliber. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. You are just like. Uh, you pay it forward or however you want to, whatever terminology you want to give it, you don't see that. And I personally just want to thank you <laughs> for what you, not, just what, not what you did for my son, but what you do, period, for other uh, aspiring musicians. You give them a chance to just shine. 
And, you know, God bless you for that. Well, thank you very much. God bless you for that. That is that is awesome. <laughs> Teresa, I know that you, I'm going to let you get a word in because, girl, I can see <laughs> yes. where we're going. Well, Lord, I just <laughs> want to thank you for, for being here with us because your music is just first rate. And uh, I just think that you just make that sax talk. <laughs> um, oh, and it's, Lord. Not everyone has that skill set, but, you know, your songs like Don't Say Goodbye, Everything I Miss at Home, I mean, I just can uh. literally just hear hear it talk to me. So I uh, thank you for that. But I really wanted to go, get back to a quote that you wrote, which I thought was absolutely uh-oh. phenomenal on the page of the first <laughs> um, website. And and that one is, you say, uh, you go into a quote and you talk about, you know, you're giving the kids the tools and skills. But one thing you said that really struck me, and that was you said we develop personalities here. And I found that yeah. quote fascinating. Can you tell me what you meant by that? Um, well, we did. I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, Berkeley is changing, but um, what I meant by that was that, you know, um, a music teacher who understands um, the power of music understands that, you know, um, the person that we get from wherever he or she comes from um, is on the you know is at a certain point in their their lives a musical journey what have you, and they come with skill sets yes everybody knows that but they also come with fear they also come with fear and inhibition, um, mm. and that stops us, that stops us as musicians from really becoming uh, doing the best we can in situations where we need to perform. Mm-hmm. If we can get through that fear of every person that we come in contact with, or, or at least mm-hmm. remove the barriers of self-expression then we help not only to create a, a well-rounded musician, but we help to create a man or a woman. And that's my endeavor. Okay. That's to, to say, look, wow. no, I know how powerful this is. I, as a teacher, know how, how powerful this is. I don't, you know, I don't know what the institution feels about it anymore. But mm-hmm. the, the music is number one, and the music can open the doors for making, can open the door to making a man or woman complete. And that's that's my yeah. endeavor, especially when it comes to singers, because saxophonists and you know all the rest of music, we have some things we can hide behind. But when a person right. opens their mouth and they talk about you know their feelings on certain topics, there's nothing that's between them and an audience. It's nothing. It's like taking off your clothes and standing there and saying, "Here I am." Right. So you right. have to right. be that head and say, "Look, you can trust me. You can trust us. Yeah. You can trust the curriculum to make to make you whole and to make you strong, so that you can." Can, can connect with anybody in this audience so you can make your money and you can be strong and for the rest of your life do what you need to do to make a living for yourself. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's excellent. That's awesome. And you know what? Another quote that you said, too, was, which was awesome, that you said that you truly love the challenge of being able to transform a rhythm section that has nothing to offer up front into a section that comes to believe in itself as a unit. And I think that's powerful right there. Because I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> you said it. You said it. See, That's you don't even Berkeley remember what you. That was on. No, that was on your website, Mister. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I mean, that. <laughs> oh, you like that, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. No, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, yeah, I really do. I mean, you know, you think about you know taking four or five people who from you know different, different probably different countries. Um, many of them, maybe they didn't even know the music or anything like that, and 
you know, within your, you know, within six weeks, having them play, you know, Groove by Lettuce or Groove by, you know, Grover or Groove yeah. by, you know, Jill Scott, you know, and and and, yeah. and never, not even knowing who Jill Scott is, right? Know, um, and, and being able to to express that groove in a way that makes it sound good, that's a great feeling. Yeah. 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 Well, did you ever think about taking um, some of your students? Maybe you've already done this. I just don't know. And created an album um, from the students that you've taught. Mm, that's a good idea, but no. Yeah, it gets <laughs> no, into a whole lot work? of legal stuff. Yeah, too much work, okay. too much legal. You know, a lot of legal stuff, and you know, I mean, you know, it. But that's a great idea. I mean, if your things were a little different, I mean, I know uh, Donald Bird used to do it. Um, Gary mm-hmm. Burton used to do it. Now, it's getting kind of, you know, it's getting kind of strange with that stuff now. But and, and really, and to be talking to you, the, the the pool of, of musicians is, is different now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when they put music out of the schools, and now we're accepting a, you know, especially at the institutions, you know, the students there now are a lot different than they used to be. Really, in what so, way? Yeah. Well, um. Well, the music, the music they listen to is different. I mean, you know, they're, they're okay. years removed from, say, you know, I mean, most of my, most of the people in my class they don't even know who Jill Scott is. So most of them don't even know who James Brown is. You know, wow. uh, yeah, most of them don't even know. Uh, they can't even sing a James Taylor song. You know, so it's, you know, it's, oh, oh, yeah, oh, please, wow. I mean. You know, it, 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 it's it's that bad. I mean, they 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 well, shoot, they didn't even, they can't even tell you who the last one of American Idol was. So hmm. you know, the, oh, wow. the attention span yeah. is gone. You know, so right. yeah, you can't really blame them because you know you got a new show yeah. on Netflix every every six weeks. That's true. <laughs> and you got to watch thirteen episodes, and then it's gone, and there's <laughs> another show coming on for thirteen weeks. That's just how right. they, you know, their that's attention. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, this you young know, man yeah. Connor seems like he's just, you know, I mean, he's got he's got chops, you know. I feel, so do I you mean, have Connor, any... Connor and I have been studying for since he was twelve. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so he he lives no around wonder. the corner. So, yeah, he came no to one of my concerts in Boston. I was like, and they said he plays. I said, oh, yeah, okay. But then when I heard him, and he had some he had some chops then, and we just we work every week, and I'm teaching him to play the way I learn. So, you know, okay. and, uh, and, and he looks nothing like me. You know, you use your imagination. He, you know, his experience is nothing like me, like nothing like mine. And, uh, you know, he's starting to play a lot like me, which is very, very interesting. Awesome, awesome. Well, Walter, we really appreciate Let me just, before I let you go, because I could keep you on here for the entire show. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, you've already said, you know, uh, given up some good um, advice, so to speak. But if you had, like, just one or two things that you would share with our young people, and especially our young, you know, uh, young people who are aspiring to be musicians, what would you say to them? Vocabulary. Um, okay. If you're trying to be a hip hop artist, you know, you got to know Biggie, you got to know Tupac, you know, you, you got to know the rhymes, you got to know where the music comes from. You know, the reason why you have many more one-hit artists is because. They're not flexible enough to dig deep and to come up with things when the industry changes or the music changes to stay relevant. And that's the mm-hmm. most important thing I could say to any young person is that, you know, what is missing, especially in school, is that with school and these standardized tests and stuff like that, they've lost the ability to, or they don't have the time to teach this way of teaching. 
in the, or, the, or, or to, to, to really uh, inspire people to learn that way because it takes too much time. Now, for mm-hmm. the folks who do do that, you will be successful. You will have a better chance of being successful than your classmates or people around you because vocabulary is everything. And remember, when, mm. <laughs> when they're sleeping, you need to be practicing. When they're sleeping, you right. need to be studying. That's, that's, that's right. the way this goes. That's the way this goes. If you want to be something special and you want to be have everything, you got to give everything up to get it. Now, do they have now since they are they've closed down so many of the programs in school? You know, what, you've got these kids out here. It's like, well, how do I get started? What do I do? Where do I go? Are there programs like? Can you just Google it on the internet? You know what's interesting, and, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel kind of interest. I can't kind of conflicted about it is that I, mm-hmm. I started learning bass two years ago, or well, a year and a half ago. Um, and I could take lessons, you know, uh, from, a, from, a, uh, from, from two people, but I also learned a heck of a lot on the Internet. You know, I'm learning okay. a heck of a lot of things. To the, you know, so there are ways to actually teach yourself in, in ways that I never, ever could have done when I was growing up as a kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, eventually you will have to play with other people, but right now, um, you can, like I have an app called Sound Production for Saxophone, and anybody who wants to get better at playing saxophone, whether they're in public school, private school, whatever, you got $5 to buy it on uh, iTunes, you can buy it and, and start wow, being a okay. better saxophonist, you know, whether you're beginning okay. or not. But that's where we are now. That's what the other, the flip side of technology is that that's, wow. that's, that's, that's available. Wow. So, you know, if you if they are taking away the music, we as, as a people, as, you know, people of color, I'm assuming that we all are on the phone, that, you know, we've always developed <laughs> a way to get around the system. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. you know, we complain about class sizes. Well, you know, our ancestors, you know, learned in, 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 in houses, you know, in, you know, little shacks in the back, you know. So that's, right. that's just how we do. So, you know, right, now maybe right. the whole country, the whole country can learn from our, you know, history and say, okay, look, you know, if it's not in, you know, mega classrooms with a lot of experience on it, then, you know, you just got to go get it. And that's, 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 that's what right. I would say. It's about desire. If you have a desire to be the best at what you do, then then it, it, it can happen and it will happen. But that desire has to be there. Yeah. Well, when did you have the desire to start singing? Because we keep talking about your saxophone playing, <laughs> yes, but we haven't yeah. even mentioned, we haven't even touched the, the the fact on the fact that you sing as well. So when did all that come about? <laughs> you know, I oh, got oh, was um, it because you were hungry and you needed to eat. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. I, mean, I looked around and I thought, and I was like, wow, everybody's playing saxophone. A lot of us sound good. I was like, what's my age? And I was like, well, I do have a right. few of these I started taking singing lessons and. You know, I I, I started, and I, you know, I sang in the church, so I knew I, I could keep carry a tune, but then I started really, really practicing some stuff. And by the time I got to college, I was pretty good. So um, I wrote the song, Don't Say Goodbye, I think, you know, I guess um, the year I left Berkeley. And I was 21, oh, wow. and I played, it for a, I played it for a girl who I used to date, and she, you know, she started crying because she thought it was for her. And I said, you know what, either this is a terrible song or this is a great song. That's right, that's right. <laughs> And it's one of my favorites, Walter. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's um, you know, it's hard to do because you know I've I've done so many things since then, but but Uh I mean it was a special song, and and DC Baltimore area really kicked my career off with that song, and it was Uh fun. And I tell the story when I come down to DC and Baltimore, we always do it. 
But when I when they first called me and said, Walter, you got to hit in D.C., let's go. I said, okay, let me get my horn. They said, no, I'll leave the saxophone up there. I said, what you mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> they, like this song called Don't Say Goodbye yeah. that you sing it. I'm like, what? Yeah. I thought, like, okay. <laughs> it is what it is. Right, wow. Let's go. But Let's do the darn thing. Walter, mm-hmm. what inspires you? Like with that song, which I absolutely love, it's, it's my favorite what inspi- what what kinds of things inspires you to either sing or play? Where, what you know, what do you do when you're in that mode? Um, so, um, a lot of people ask, well, what do you like better? You like playing or like singing? Whatever I'm doing at that time has to mm-hmm. be. I have to put myself in that zone. You know, okay. there has to be a zone that I say, okay, you know, you know, I need to I need to go back in time where you know I broke that girl's heart and I'm trying to get her back. Or I need okay. to, you know, I need to say, okay, this is about Roland, this is about Chuck Brown, this is about this mm-hmm. pocket, this is all this. I got to put myself in the zone of whatever it is and forget about everything and anybody else. Nothing is important. Nothing even exists except what I'm mm-hmm. doing at that very moment. That word, that note, that phrase, that mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. 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 And it shows. It shows mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you coming back to DC anytime soon? Yes, I'm coming to. Uh, Birchmere in March, so okay, I mean that's that's not soon, but that's the yeah that's that that just got yeah. confirmed. So Birchmere in March. Um, okay. I think for either February or March, I can't remember, but I think it's that. But we just I did Baltimore what three weeks ago, so. Right, you were here. Yes, you were here a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, as a matter of fact, 12 minutes away from my house, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> but we couldn't make it there. But it was 12 minutes away. I was like, back on it. But I heard it was awesome, of course. You know, you were uh, you were good. So, well, Walter, we just thank you so much, man, for sharing your thoughts. Um, yeah. And uh, we appreciate you, and hopefully one day we can have you come back if you want to promote an, another song, an album, a show, whatever. You, you have, I sure you're will. welcome. <laughs> thank you so very much. All right, you take it easy. All right, thank you. All right. I said what? Say that again. Somebody said something. I didn't hear it. Oh, no, oh, no you my... just said thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All, All right, well, right, take care. All right, bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. That was Walter Beasley, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So... Yeah, I have another tune of his oh, okay. that's absolutely awesome that I'm going to play um, at the end of the show, though. It's a sax meditation. Um, he has, like, a, that's on that new album of his, and that is also phenomenal. But what a guy, what a sweet person. I mean, his spirit yeah, and his soul is just a, What a wonderful spirit, yeah. Very humble, very yeah, humble. yeah. Um, And we just absolutely appreciate, adore, and just love us some Walter Beasley. Um, But, Teresa, so the thing, you know, the thing about the, uh, that what he was talking about that's really sad um, as far as how music is no longer in uh, in a lot of our public schools. You know, they just, just wiped it away. They just wiped it out. And um, and he's right. You can go online and you can get different applications because actually I've uh, got a couple of uh, piano because I play a little bit, <laughs> you know, the piano. <laughs> and so I've downloaded a couple apps, which is helping me to become better. 
So for any aspiring musician out there, you know, I would just encourage you to do that. You can also go on YouTube, and um, there's a lot of lessons, lessons that you can learn there. But isn't that sad how they just, you know, music is just not as important, <laughs> or they think it's not as important, um, you know, like it used to be back in the day. Yeah, you know, I our think kids a lot are very creative. Is, I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. thing with you. Remember when they took the gem out because we're so yes. busy racing to get all these academic accolades and we've got all this standardized testing that we didn't even need to work out, and now the Centers for Disease Control and others are coming back saying our kids are overweight trying to figure out why. And one of the things that I don't think we really touched on with Walter's interview is how there's research that suggests that playing an instrument helps your child intellectually yeah, because of the discipline, the study, and all of the detail that is required, that those traits then transfer over. So we yeah. also want to challenge, um, you know, I, I mean, playing an instrument. I know my son, you know, looking at him, he's got a lot of skill sets in the entertainment area. And even though he may not have music classes, my goal as a parent is to ensure that he has an opportunity to play at least one instrument, you know, in his yeah. lifetime because of the benefit. Yes, it is. And, you know, um, speaking about that, you know, and I talked about my son, and I've watched, you know, of course, like when I was, he was in the fifth grade, and that's when they introduced the instruments to the students. Um, and he sat down, we had a conversation, and he just said, you know, right out, I want to play the sax. That's the instrument, although, you know, it was mom's favorite instrument. But he yeah. really <laughs> wanted to play, and when he did yeah. pick it up, he had um, a knack for it. It was almost like he was born to play. But along uh-huh. with the natural talent comes, like Walter said, it's a desire, and you have to practice. You cannot just yeah. say, I want to play this instrument, and then, you know, think that you can only dedicate an hour a week or an hour every other day to that, to that instrument. You cannot do that. If you really want to become a musician, you have got to practice a couple of hours every single day. Every single day. Can you really speak to, because I thought this example, and I've heard this story before about your son, the conversation you had with him about the instrument he wanted to play in detail, because I think for Mm -hmm. people out there like myself, who I do have a young son, and I think that advice that you gave him, I'll be using soon. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, when he first, um, when the teacher gave them the paper and said, okay, well, you know, uh, we're introducing instruments now and so on and so forth, and my son and I sat down at the dining room table, I'll never forget, and, you know, um, he told me the instrument he wanted to play, which was the saxophone, and I said, um, are you sure and why? And I asked him, I said, why do you want to play the saxophone? And he said, well, because the saxophone is just powerful. It's something about that instrument, and I just love it. And he was actually um, Cole Porter, um, and he, he's like an old soul. He liked Ella Fitzgerald. He liked all of the old stuff. You know, and he loved jazz, so he was like, I really, really, really want to play. And I said, well, I said, well, let me tell you how this is going to work. I said, you know, um, if you really want to play, you know, your father and I will do everything within our power to support you. Um, I said, instruments are not cheap. 
you know, I said, if we start to invest in you and we start spending money in a saxophone and we start to real, I said, you know, this is what's going to happen. I said, when you go to school, you'll come home, you'll do your homework, and then after your homework, you're going to have to practice for at least an hour every single day. Mm-hmm. I said, now, you're going to be looking out the window and you're going to see your little friends shooting hoops and running up and down the street and skating and this and the other. I said, but you will be in here for an, at least an hour every day practicing because that's what it's going to take in order for you to become good and to become not just good but great. And I said, do you understand yeah. that? I said, I need you to really understand that. And he said, you know, he thought about it. I said, no, don't ask me right away. Think about it because, you know, this is this is something that is not, you know, that can really take you far in life, you know. So he yeah. sat there and he contemplated and he thought about it. And he only thought about it for like a good minute before he said, no, I'm ready. I want to do this. This is what I want. I said, you understand? He said, yes, I do. And so the rest was history, um, you know. And he got a sax. The sax came to him easily. We didn't even have to pay for his first saxophone. So that was, a, a um, you know, like a, um, a sign <laughs> and a blessing. And then from there, every day he practiced and he had some great um great and I'm talking about um you know uh famous teachers um uh, in his life that you know taught him and uh he was just blessed but because he because he had parents who understood what it took and I, you know, sacrifice, and that's a sacrifice on a parent, too, because you have to run him back and forth to practice, up and down right. the road. He he got into right. the Twigs program for the Baltimore School for the Arts, and then he got into the high school. So, I mean, it's a lot of sacrificing on both ends. You know, yeah. you just can't tell your kid, well, here's the instrument, now you go play and practice. No, it's a kid. Yeah. You have to guide them. It is your responsibility as a parent and an adult to guide them. You have to hold their hand, and you have to guide them. And, you know, so I just would encourage not just, you know, uh, not the young people but the parents who are listening in, you know, it can happen. It can happen. But it takes a lot of work. It takes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one quick question for you, Lisa, and that is, you know, your son took to the fact right away, and you talk mm-hmm. about how he liked the great, you know, the, the jazz grace, and he was like an old soul. Did you guys give him a lot of exposure to music? Because that's the other thing as a parent mm-hmm. is the exposure, you know, rather than allowing them to listen to the hip-hop stuff all the yes. time. And I'm not uh, negative against it. I just think that there needs to be a variety. Yes. But I'm asking you, how much exposure did you give him to other great well, artists? That's a good question because my husband and I both are music lovers. Music is in my bones. It's like in mm-hmm. my genetic makeup. It's in my genes. It's in my blood. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. and my husband was is the same way. I mean, we are, you know, we just always love music. And my kids grew up listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. My kids mm-hmm. grew up listening to um, the great uh, uh, singers of the day. And they knew Gladys Knight and the Pips. They mm-hmm. knew, like, Motown. They knew all of that kind of music. And one of the things that I did, now this is just me personally, I did not mm-hmm. allow them to listen to certain music on the radio. I just didn't mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it was junk. It was They weren't saying anything. It was, like, meaningless. It didn't have meaning. It didn't have depth. 
So my kids were trained, like when a song would come on, they were like, Mom, that's not a good song. You might want to change the red, you know, you might want to change the station. <laughs> and then, when we, and then when, if we were in the car, what would happen was, like my daughter caught on later on, but my son, he was very astute, and a song would come on the radio. Let's say it was Luther or Patti LaBelle or just anybody that would come on the radio. And he, you know, and, and they wouldn't announce it in the beginning. And then we would say to him, okay, who is this? Who, who's, who's, or Stevie Wonder. And, and he would just pick it up like, oh, oh, that's Stevie, or that's Luther, or that's Earth. And then my daughter, so it was like a game that we played with them. And they just now, my, my daughter's 23, she'll be 23 years old. One of her favorite uh, groups, of, well, Earth, Wind, and Fire, of course, is the top of her list. But she's a Stevie, she loves Stevie Wonder. Yeah, How many yeah, generations yeah. removed is she from Stevie yeah. Wonder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still one of my all-time favorites, too. Yes. yes. I mean, yes. That's, those artists like that are never, ever, ever going to just, their music is, is going to live on forever, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so if, they're, yeah. if you don't expose it to them, how are they going to know about music like that? It's exactly. up to us to give that, them that exposure, right? Right. Exactly. And like Walter said, you have to learn listen to your Tupac. You know, when I had my own video yeah. show years ago, um I and, and I was uh um a lot of the uh um record labels were sending me videos to put on my show and I would only put certain videos on my show because like I wanted my show to be like where you know, my grandmother could look at it. But it was quality yeah. music. But one thing mm-hmm. I did, they kept sending me Tupac after Tupac after. I mean, I kept getting all this Tupac stuff. So one day I said, you know what? I'm just going to take an hour or so and I'm going to sit and listen to every single one of Tupac's songs. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's also mm-hmm. a student. He was also a student from Baltimore School for the Arts. But Teresa, right. I don't know if you yeah. were into him, but that brother was deep. Well, his writing ability was phenomenal, and you knew. Yeah. I, I think his mother may have been, and I, I'm not sure, but like a political activist because you, I mean, just the words, and I was like you, not into him, but I had a friend who was, who owned, who, who would put groups together in the D.C. area, jazz groups, and he kept saying, you've got to listen to this kid, that he's not like anyone else. And he yes. just had me listen to his writings, and I was like, wow, Oof. just blown away. Yeah. So he was a true, true talent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then my son, he would listen to he like he's eclectic. He has a, an eclectic taste in music. So, you know, once mm-hmm. he got of age, then he just started listening to everything. I mean, he just mm-hmm. just absorbed it like it was he was a sponge. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just appreciate um, the fact that Walter came on Walter, and he talked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he he just loves the young people. And like he said, you know, yeah, it's all about giving hear. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate him. Um, so much. I just, you know, God, just yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> well, yeah, that brings yeah. us down to uh, that. Actually, concludes our show, um, <laughs> Teresa, for this evening. Yeah. Wow, time yeah. just goes by so quickly. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us, and a shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me, and also to my friends and colleagues um, in all of my social networking sites. Walter Beasley, thank you again for sharing a part of your evening with us. We had a great time, and we appreciate all that you do for our future artists artists, and musicians. Continued peace and blessings. Once again, thank you, Teresa Hamilton, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. For knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better.
Yeah. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 and follow us on Twitter at lease 101 L Y S E 101. We will be we will be back next Monday, October the 21st at 6:30 Eastern Standard Time with the soulful songstress, songstress Miss India Irie, who will share with us her journey back into the music industry after a four-year hiatus, and you won't want to miss that. We're going to end tonight's show with a song from Walter Sachs' Meditations album entitled Her Presence. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first because, after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Bye-bye.